Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to go into a part number four of the series entitled A New Life. Today's subtitle is Cast the Devil Down. We're going to discover our power and authority in Christ Jesus to overcome the forces of darkness. We're going to have an awesome time today, so make sure you stick around to hear the entire message. Now, don't forget to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org, and there you can subscribe to Kingdom Inspirations right there on the homepage and receive Kingdom Inspiration weekly, if not bi-weekly. And we're going to have a great time together and it's absolutely free of charge. Just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org and click on the homepage. And there you will see the sign-up form. Just put in your email and hit submit and the process begins. Well, all right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled, Cast the Devil Down, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, go with me once again to the book of Revelation. Revelation. We're going to start here at the 12th chapter once again. Revelation 12. Revelation 12. And we're going to be reading uh, verses 7 through 12 as we go uh, through today. Revelation 12. Verses 7 through 12. Again, it's time to live. It's time to live. So again, live is an acrostic. It means it's time to listen. And as you're listening, you're going to interpret. That is, you're listening to understand what you are hearing. So you're going to L and live is to listen. The I is interpret. That is, you're seeking to understand. You're not just here to just to hear here, but you're here to understand. You want to understand, listen, interpret. Then you're going to find something of value in what you're hearing. Find something of value in what you're hearing. There's something that's about to be said or that has been said that you need to make note of. You need to write down, need to write it down so that you can revisit it later. And then as we go forth, we're listening, we're interpreting, we're valuing with the intent of going out and experiencing. That is, we're going to do what is being said. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Revelation 12. I hope you're ready. Revelation 12, um, verse number seven through 12. We're going to walk this thing out. We're going to walk with the Lord uh, this morning in Jesus name. Anybody want to walk with the Lord today? All right. Uh, scriptures have been provided for you on the screen or you can just uh, read in your Bible. We're going to read this out of the King James version and it reads like this. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And and the dragon and the great dragon was cast out that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice, say loud voice. I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. Why? For the accuser of our brethren is cast what? Is cast down, which accuses them before, uh, before our God day and night. Verse, verse seven, rather verse 11 says, and they overcame him with 
they came in by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimonies and they loved not their lives unto death therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea for the devil is come down unto you having great wrath because he knoweth he hath but a short time somebody say praise the lord all right. So we've been looking at this scripture for quite a while, gleaning out the truths of God's word because we want to receive a new life in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. And let me tell you now, we've got a long way to go in just a short period of time. All right. Again, we want to silence our games. I'm hearing a lot of beeping and going on, please. So let's silence those. OK. All right. So, again, the main focus of our new life in Christ is for us to live a victorious life in Christ Jesus. Are you hearing a victorious life in Christ Jesus. And what's happening really is that you find we're finding here is that a great many of us in the body of Christ are living well beneath our privileges. And uh, last week we talked about authority. We're going to get back into that today. But uh, we find here also, as we read in, in Revelation 12, is that there are four things that we are fighting for. There are four things that the devil, the accuser, Satan, is holding up from the believers, holding up from the church. And unless we confront him, that will continue to be the case. Let me say this again. Unless you confront your adversary, unless you confront the devil, that these things will still be held up from you and held up from your life. Understand something that we are uh, living in a war zone. It, this, it is war between good and evil. The, it is war and your adversary, the one, your opponent, this person, this spirit, these entities are, are against you. They are against you and they want to take you back, draw you back, push you back so that you'll never go forward in life. Remember the main purpose of the devil is three things. The Bible declares in John 10, it says the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. So one way that the devil can um, destroy or steal and kill from us is if he keeps us under the notion that it's just life and things just happen and he wants to keep himself disguised and covered over so that you won't know it's him. Because when you get to the revelation or understanding that many of the things that we're facing, not all, but many of it is the interference of demonic powers coming against you to destroy you. Are you with me? And when you begin to go after them and really confront them, you'll find that a lot of things that you've been missing, a lot of things uh, that you should have had will be released in your life once you confront them. All right. So today's message again is cast the devil down. There are four things that we see here in Revelation 12 that will be released to us once we confront the adversary. The first thing is salvation. Second is strength. Third, the kingdom of our God. And fourth, the power of his Christ. Salvation will be released to you. Salvation means deliverance from any area that you, where you held in bondage. Salvation delivered in any area where you were held in bondage. Remember, it's the devil's plan to hold you in bondage. He wants to hold you in captivity. He wants to keep you ineffective. He wants to neuter you. So in, in so many words, he don't, he does not want you to prosper in anything that you do. So he'll set up traps. He'll set up things and other persons around you to keep you back, to keep you down. 
Anybody ever had the experience of, of wanting to go forward? You take one step forward and it seems like you take four steps back. Well, understand something. You're in a war. This whole society is built, many, much of it is built in an effort to keep you down and keep you back. So, but when the adversary uh, or the accuser, as he's called here in Revelation 12, when he is cast down, the first thing that you will see is salvation. Not only the salvation of your soul, but deliverance. Deliverance in marriage, deliverance in finances, deliverance in possessions, wherever something is held up, it is then delivered. It is then taken back from the hand of the enemy. You'll also receive strength. Uh, Many times we're just weak, weak in the flesh. We're just weak in our own soul. Weak meaning without without power to do. So the Lord's saying here, you receive salvation and strength. In other words, he'll give you the ability to do. He'll give you the ability to do. Strength is the ability to do. The ability to do whether you are doing it or he gives you financial strength. You get some money, whatever it is that uh, wherever. If you're weak right now, when we cast the enemy down, cast the accuser down, you begin to receive here again. Deliverance that is salvation deliverance. You'll begin to receive strength in the area of your weakness, whatever area this is. And you'll also receive the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God simply is the resources that God has for you within his kingdom. Remember the Lord said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. The kingdom of God in effect is God's way of doing things. God's way to prosper. God's way to increase. He doesn't want to withhold anything from you. It's in his kingdom. As a matter of fact, Jesus said to us, it is the father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, to give you the resources of the kingdom. Are you hearing me? So there are things just get in your head right now. What I'm telling you is truth. It is truth. There are things that are being held back from you by demonic powers. There are things being held back from you, opportunities that you should have had that have been blocked off. Such is a case that we found there in the book of Daniel as Daniel prayed and sought the Lord and the, the Lord sent the answer. God sent the an, answer to Daniel, but the answer was withheld in, in the heavenlies by a demonic power or by a, a fallen angel called the prince of Persia. He withheld it. He stopped it from getting to Daniel. And so there are things right now that are actually in progress of coming to you. Anybody ever order something online before order a package online and you saw the little indicator online as you tracked your package and you know when it was released from the factory, it was released on a certain day, but it, you saw it in transit and you know, it's coming to you, but somewhere it was supposed to be delivered on a certain day and it was not there. It's held up. Something happened. Something happened. So what we're doing now, we are confronting the adversary. We will be confronting the accuser, confronting the devil to stop that hindrance, to pull it down so that the blessings of things that you have ordered may come through to you. Does that make sense to you? And see, I'm under the, I am well aware now. It doesn't matter how well I know the scripture. It doesn't, 
doesn't matter how well I know it or how much I'm walking in it. Unless you are walking in it, unless we are walking in it all as a corporate body, you know, one does so much, but but 10 and 30 and 40 and 50 can do so much more. When we come together corporately and we take authority over the adversary and we pull him down, then you will see not drips of blessings falling down, but you will see tidal waves of blessings coming in. You'll see waterfalls of blessings coming in. Everything that you have ordered, everything, some things that you have prayed about years ago would then begin to be released as we fall in line and do what God is saying. Are you hearing me today? And so we see the kingdom of God. We have, first of all, we have salvation, strength, the kingdom of our God. And then you have the power of his Christ, the power. The word power can also be translated um, uh, authority, the authority of Christ. That is the might of Christ, the might of God to push some things out of the way. Some things will go by just you saying it. Other things will go because you're going to have to put your hands on it. Are you hearing this is why the policeman carries, uh, he carries a badge. That's his authority. But when the authority won't work, he carries a gun. Are you hearing? The two. So God will invest in you and has invested in you uh, the ability to have his authority. And he also gives you his power or his might. These are things that you need. Sometimes a mountain will move when you speak to it. Other times you have to physically or spiritually take that thing up and cast it away in prayer. You'll have to physically do something or spiritually do something to make it move. Are you hearing? But you're well equipped either way. But understand something. Again, you are, we talked about in the very first session, I believe first and second, first and second session, that this is somewhat of a courtroom type of experience, a courtroom experience. Where God the Father is present and he is the judge. And the enemy, the Bible declares here in um, Revelation 12, he is the accuser. And the word accuser, if you look at this in the Greek, you'll find that it means uh, to accuse before a judge, someone that accuses someone else before a judge. But it also means one who speaks against you in court. One who speaks against you in court. So we already see the picture developing of the devil speaking against you in court. This is going on right now, speaking against you in court. Now, notice how the Bible declares here that we overcame the enemy. We overcame him. The believers overcame the accuser. You overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb, by the word of your testimony and not loving your lives unto death. The word overcame actually means to conquer it means to carry off the victory, but it, uh, listen, it also means to conquer when one is arraigned or goes to law. The word, um, the word overcame also means to win the case, to win the case. So we see things beginning to develop here. We see God, the father as the judge. We see the, we see Satan, the accuser, the devil coming against us by bringing accusations of our sins and the sins of our lineage of our forefathers against us to God saying to the father, they ought not to have this blessing because they're in sin. They ought not to have this and that because they're doing this or because they did that or even because their family lineage had some had something in it. There was a curse spoken over them. So they ought not to have this. 
And so he's speaking against you. But the Bible says that we overcame him and you will overcome him as you stand to resist him. Now, remember, the word overcame means in the Greek, it means to uh, to win the case. You will win the case. How will you win the case? It says by the blood of the lamb, by the blood of Jesus, you will win the case by the word of your testimony. You will win the case and by not loving your lives unto death, you will win the case. These are the three things that will um, that will promote you or assist you in winning the case. Understand something. Jesus is your mediator. In other words, Jesus is your attorney. Now, all of this is found in the word of God. All of this is found in the word of God. Understand something. As you stand to resist him, you're going to stand to resist him in three ways. Let's go. Let me go and reverse this for a moment. Love the Bible says that you overcame it or you overcame the devil or you won the case by not loving your lives unto death. Now, understand this because we got to get this before I can get you the rest. So uh, are y'all still with me today? Let's just try our best to walk this through by the power of the spirit. It says that we overcame him by not loving our lives unto death. This talks about a passionate alignment with Christ. These are individuals that say, I love Jesus more than anything that I could find here in this world. They love not their lives unto death. Many people, I've heard many people say over the years, I'll die for the Lord. I'll die for the Lord. But I find it strange that people will say, I'll die for the Lord, but they won't give God any money. They won't trust him with money. They won't trust him with their time. They won't. They won't trust him. I'll die for you, Jesus. I'll die for you. But you won't pray until something happens. Does that make sense? I'll die for you. I die for you. I'll die for you. But we keep things from him. This type of this talks about an intimacy, loving not your life unto death. This talks about a deep intimacy and deep fellowship with God where you value him more than anything else in this world, anything or anybody else in this world. This talks about Jesus actually being first in your life and you're walking with him in an intimate uh, fellowship. This is something that is guided by the Holy Spirit. You don't just get this day one. Were you willing to forsake all for him? Because some people will be in relationships, in relationships where God will say, say to the person, you don't need to be in this relationship, but I love him, but I love her. And there's fighting and there's resistance and there's fighting and there's resistance. Are you not willing to leave all for him? Lord, leave that job. But we gave this example before where God would tell somebody uh, to leave your job where you're making $90,000 a year, leave it to go uh, to McDonald's and work as a fry cook. But Lord, are you tell? but Lord, I just can't do that. I just can't leave $90,000 in this big house and live work as a fry cook. But Lord, you love him. You love him to death. Really? Unto death? Not a, what? So here again, this talks about a deep commitment. This is the position uh, that we have, that the believers have, that the overcomers have. This is the position that those have that overcome the enemy. 
that cast the devil down. In other words, they have allowed the spirit of God. This is the work of the spirit. You understand they have allowed the Holy Spirit to walk them through, walk them through the process where they begin to see Jesus and see him. How beauty, see the beauty of Christ and know that he is all in all because understand something. I understand the more I love Jesus, the more I'll love my wife. The more I love Jesus, the more I'll love my children. The more I love Jesus and the more of my heart I give to him, the better pastor I am, the better son I am, the better son-in-law I am. The more I give myself to Jesus, the more money I, the more money I see comes my way. The more opportunity I see comes my way. The more I am focused on him, the enemy begins to lay down in front of me. And the Bible says, as, you, as, as man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his peace. It makes even uh, rather his enemies to be at peace with him. You understand? So we've got things mixed up. We've got things mixed up. But I find here again, the more I focus on my relationship with him, everything that surrounds me begins to grow. Begins to grow. So here again, loving not their lives unto death. Meaning that you focus on Christ. Christ is then the center of your life. And you're willing to forsake all for him. All relationships for him. All things for him. This is that opportunity. Understand, uh, here again, also in Revelation, that there's the whole mark of the beast thing. That you can't buy or sell except you have the mark. So I find it strange again that someone says, Lord Jesus, I'm willing to die for you, but you know, I got to have this mark so I can pay my light bill. Lord Jesus, I'm willing to die for you, but you know, I'm hungry. So, you know, we good, right? I'm going to go get this. I know this means that I curse you to your face if I take this, but you, you understand, right? We good, right? Do we love our lives uh, do we love the Bible says they, they love not their lives unto death. In other words, they had a passionate relationship with Jesus, a passionate relationship with Jesus, a passionate relationship with him that where they were willing to forsake all for him. Are you hearing now here again? Let me say this. This is something where the Holy Spirit has to walk you through. He has to walk you through it, but you have allowed him to walk you through the process. Are you hearing? And so it says also by the word of their testimony. Think about in the courtroom case where someone comes up to testify before the judge testify, but in the courtroom, what are they saying? These are words um, that they're going to say that uh, what they're about to talk about is their experience. They're about to talk about uh, the events, something that has happened to them and with them. But in, but specifically, they're going to talk about how God's word has manifested in their lives, what God has done for them, what God has done through them. In other words, when you stand there in the courtroom, you're going to say uh, you're going to begin to recount your testimony. Lord, I heard you say this in your word and I did that. And now here's the fruit of it. You're going to testify of the fruit of God in your life. How God brought you out of this situation, brought you out of that situation. He answered that prayer. He answered that prayer. This is the testimony of the Lord in your life. You should be able to recount what God has done for you, no matter what the situation, how he has brought you through. 
You're going to overcome the enemy by your testimony, by your testimony of God's goodness and grace in your life. And thirdly, you're going to overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb, by the blood of Jesus. And that's where we're going to really begin today, uh, over, the, over today and over the course of the next few uh, weeks, possibly we're going to follow the leading of the Lord because the blood of the lamb is more intricate than the other two. This, the power of your testimony or rather the word of your testimony, this is how you've allowed God to work in you. And here's the fruit of it. You're testifying. This is what happened as I let God work in my life. The not loving your life unto death. This is how you've allowed the Holy Spirit to work in you and you work in hand in hand with him in that. But the blood of the lamb, you've got nothing to do with. Jesus shed his blood when you weren't even there. But this is an offensive weapon. And also it's a defensive weapon. It brings healing to one and it can bring destruction to another. It can be a, an avenue of protection and safety to one, but it can bring down the enemy's camp on the other side. It's like, it's like, um, really like a sword. It's like a sword. You want to make sure that you're on the right side of that sword. Are you hearing? So let's journey. We're going to take a little bit of time and really journey. And then we'll go back into uh, the message of authority because you have to know your rights and privileges. You have to know who's wielding that sword, who you are. You have to know who you are. And we're just going to walk this through. And so I pray that you're with me today as we walk this through today. So again, the blood of the lamb. Why is that important? Uh, yes, the blood. Yes, the blood of the lamb does speak about forgiveness. God has forgiven you of your sin, and that's what you're going to decree and declare. Uh, yes, it talks about protection and healing and salvation and deliverance. All these things are wonderful. But if you stop it there, you're only catching half of the picture. Only catching half of the picture. The blood was also shed, and I pray you hear this. You can make note of this. The blood of Jesus was also shed so that you could be brought back into a right position, rank, and authority with God so that you and I would have a place in heaven. Say that with me. The blood of Jesus was shed so that I may have a place in heaven. Let me say that. Let's say it again. The blood of Jesus was shed so that I may have a place in heaven. Let's say that again. The blood of Jesus was shed so that I may have a place in heaven. Let's walk that through. Ephesians, Ephesians 2. Let's go to Ephesians 2, verses 5 through 7. Look, listen to how this reads. Uh, the King James Version. It says, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved. Verse 6, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in where? In heavenly places where? In Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Now listen, as we saw there in, in, in uh, Revelation 12 and verse number 7, we saw that the devil lost his place. 
Where did he lose his place? The devil lost his place in heaven. But by the grace of God alone, God has granted you a place in heaven. The enemy lost his place. The fallen angels lost their place. But God has granted you by his grace a place in heaven. Not only just not only any old place you are seated. The Bible says in Christ, the word in can also be translated with or by. And where is Christ seated? Seated. He's seated at the right hand of God. Right hand of God. God has a throne. God, the father has a throne. So he's given us, given you and I official authority. We are sat with him. Now take it back in a courtroom setting. Take it back in a courtroom setting. Those that are being judged sit low. But those that are judging sit high. If you catch what is being said, we're not sitting low. That is, if you take your seat, you have to take your seat. It's been awarded to you through the blood of Jesus, but you have to take your seat. You have to take your place, receive the place where to receive the place that Jesus has given unto you. There are so many vacant seats there of those that are definitely born of God, born again, that have never taken a seat. They receive the devil's message about them and saying that they're lowly or, or rather or that they're unworthy and that, you know, Lord, I'm just ashamed. And they allow guilt and condemnation to keep them out of that seat. God sits high and Christ sits at his right hand. And the Bible says that we are seated in Christ or with Christ. That means that we're in the place of judgment as well. What are we judging? Other human beings? No. We're judging principalities and powers. We are declaring the decree. We are saying what God has said in the situation. We are binding. We are casting down. We are loosing. We are expanding God's kingdom in the earth and in our realm of influence. But you have to take your seat. The devil lost his seat. He lost his place. But God, through his sovereign mercy and grace, has granted you a place to sit with him. Where all enemies are actually under your feet. They're actually under your feet. And so here we are, many in the body of Christ don't understand that, don't know that, don't want to receive that. All we can think about is, oh, poor I am, I don't have any money, I don't have a job, how sick we are, and this and that and the other. Come up and take your seat. Come up and take the seat. Come up and take the seat. When you take the seat, you'll see your enemy beginning to bow down in front of you. Are you hearing? And so, again, the blood of Jesus is one way that we will overcome the devil. Here again, the, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimonies, not loving our lives unto death. But here we're talking about the blood of Jesus. This is one way that you are going to win the case. But before we can continue talking about the blood, and we're going to really get into that. We're going to have to go back and revisit some things that we talked about on last week as it relates to authority. You have to realize and know what authority you have as you are seated with him, seated in him, with him, by him. Are you hearing? Amen. 
And so last week we talked about the powerful name of Jesus and, and that God had supercharged that name, if you will, how he turbocharged that name and how he gave the believers right to use that name and how the word name implies three things. The, name, the word name implies the person and uh, his rank and his authority. When you use the name of Jesus, you are speaking of his, the person of Christ, his rank and his authority. Now, we stopped here in, in uh, Luke, Luke 4, Luke 4, verses um, uh, 5 through 8. And we're going to go back there. And uh, we're going to revisit this. And then we're going to try our best to go on today. Are you all praying with me today? Amen. This is important stuff. This is, this is not for the faint of heart. And this is not milk. This is meat. So I pray that you're ready to eat it. Luke 4, verse uh, number 5 through 8 of uh, the King James Version this time. This is how it reads. And the devil taketh him up, talking about Jesus. The devil takes Jesus up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this power will I give thee and the glory of them for that uh, for, for that is delivered unto me. In other words, that was given unto me. And to whomsoever I will, I'll give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Now, we said on last week that uh, the devil was saying to Jesus, in this case, just come under my rule. If you worship me, you will come under my rule. You will come under my control. You receive my authority. But the devil's very sly and very shifty. Because if Jesus had done that, not only would Jesus come under his rule and authority, all those that followed Jesus would also come under his rule and authority. It was spread throughout the entire house. When the head falls, the house is doomed. Are you hearing? So listen, so there was a time as we said that the devil had official legitimate authority that he received from Adam and Eve. But in Matthew 28 verse 18, the Lord says uh, he came back and said that all power has been given unto him in heaven and in earth. So the power that the enemy once possessed, the authority that he once possessed, he, that has been taken away. God the Father has entitled Jesus to all authority. Say all. All authority in heaven and in earth. Jesus has all authority. Are you hearing me? So without official authority, the only way the devil can rule his kingdom is through fear trickery manipulation deception and what's called assumed authority holy spirit please help me to get this to your people in a way that they can hear and understand and receive it so the only way the devil can rule his kingdom or the only way that he can rule over you and keep things back from you is through fear trickery manipulation deception and what's called assumed authority say assumed authority if you look back in revelation 12 9 you'll find that the bible says that the devil deceived the whole world he didn't actually have authority but he tricked them to thinking that he had it now again 
The enemy can rule. He can try to gain control over your life through fear, trickery, manipulation, deception, and assumed authority. The devil has no authority except what you give him. He has no authority to rule in your home except you give him authority in your home. He has no authority to rule over your body except the authority that you give him. Remember the Lord Jesus said there in uh, Luke 10, 19, the Lord told us, behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Jesus said, I give you a power. I give you authority. God gave it to you. So the enemy has no power or authority of his own. Only thing he can do is try to trick you like he did Adam and Eve to turn your authority over to him. And once you do that, he'll begin to rule the house. Now take these warnings in mind in 1 Corinthians 6 verse number 12. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 12 says this. All things are lawful to me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful to me, Paul says, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Are you hearing? He realized that the enemy, that he could give power over his life to the devil. Are you hearing me? That's 1 Corinthians 6, 12. Now look at Ephesians 4, verses 26 through 27. And this is what it says. It says, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Listen to verse 27. Maybe they'll get that on the screen. I don't know. Listen to verse 27. It says, neither give place to the devil. Neither give place to the devil. I find it strange here again that God said, I cast the devil out. He has no more place here. And then as the body of Christ, we can cast him down. Then God said, hey, he cast the devil out. Then he tells us through Christ, come on up and sit with me. I've made a place for you. But we as believers can give the devil another place. The Bible says, give no place to the devil. Give no place. And the same word place here in Ephesians 4 and and, and Revelation 12, that's the same Greek word, the same Greek word, uh, topos. And that means opportunity, power, occasion for acting, occasion for acting, opportunity, power, or we can say authority and occasion for acting. God said, I've stripped him of his authority in heaven. So believers, don't you give him authority to operate in your life. I've taken his authority away. And Jesus said, okay, now I've given you authority, but don't allow the enemy to deceive you, trick you, manipulate you into giving you his authority, into uh, manipulate you into you giving him the authority that Jesus gave you so that then the enemy can rule over your life. Does that make sense to you? We got to begin to close. This is one reason why sin, especially unrepented sin and uncontrolled anger is so dangerous and so devastating because it gives the devil room to operate. In so many words, when we bow down to the enemy's wishes, 
We give him legal right or access to come in to our homes, come in into our finances, to come in into our relationships. You give him legal right to come in. And the longer you wait before you repent and ask God to wash you of the sin, the longer you do that, the more time you give the enemy to go around in your life. And what he does, yes, he's going to try to destroy things, but his main game is to plant seeds. He'll come in to plant seeds. So because he knows that once in a little while, you're going to get enough sense and you're going to repent and you're going to cast him out. He'll have to go soon. But before he goes, he wants to plant seeds. He'll use you to plant a seed, plant a seed of doubt, plant a seed of discouragement. He'll plant seeds all around you and he'll, you'll cast him out finally and say he's gone now. But later on, you'll see these old awful trees beginning to grow and fruit of these things, these demonic things happening all over your life. And they will say, Oh God, I've sinned and you punishing me. You're punishing me. Why are you punishing me? God, I didn't mean to do it. Oh yes, Lord, I actually did. But Lord, forgive me. I didn't mean to. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me you're punishing me and the devil's around the corner laughing his head off so here we are accusing God for something that we gave the devil legal access and granted him legal right to come in you kicked him out the front door but then he in most cases he comes right back around and come back in the back door so what's happening we're gonna have to cast the enemy down We're going to have to take official authority over him because once you ask God to forgive you of the sins, you're going to have to also do damage control. Now, I pray that you hear me. You're going to also have to do damage control because you allowed something to come in. So yes, ask God to forgive you of the sin. Yes, ask him to cleanse you with his precious blood. Yes, do that. Hallelujah. That's the first thing. But then you've got to go through and you've got to apply the blood of Jesus to your home and you've got to take authority over over every evil seed that has been planted, over anything that he has done because we allowed him to come in. Now, if the head of the household is in sin, if they, he would even say, if the president of the United States is in sin, what happens there? The, the head of the household opens the door for the enemy to come in. If it's the president, opens the enemy coming into the nation. If the pastor is in sin, the, the, that simply means the pastor would open door for the enemy to come in upon the congregation. If the husband is in sin, then the husband would open the door uh, for the enemy to come in into the family. This is why every head of household, you have to repent of your sins. You'll have to offer up the blood of Jesus on a daily basis for yourself and for your family. This is serious business. You can uh, you can release hell in your very own home with your own hands. Hallelujah. Someone said, but you know what? I'm saved, but what What if my husband is not saved? Or I'm saved, but what if my wife is not saved? The Bible declares very plainly in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, the 7th chapter, verse 14, that the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were the children unclean, but now you are whole, but now they are holy. As long as one person is there in a the home, they can begin to pray and sanctify the home. 
Are you hearing me? They can pray and sanctify the home. But I tell you, we'll, we'll end on this. We'll end on this. They can't go any further. It's important that the head of the household offer up themselves, offer up themselves before the Lord and offer up, even as Job did, Job prayed regularly, regularly offering up sacrifices before God on behalf of his children, on behalf of his family. This was so effective that when the devil, the devil sought to occasion to destroy him, he couldn't get through what was called a hedge of protection. The only way the devil could get through to Job was he had to go before God. There was no other way that he could get through to the family because the blood had been offered. The blood had been offered. The blood of sacrifice had been offered. And that was some blood of some, some uh, animal then. But now we have the blood of Jesus, the blood of Christ. How much better is the blood of Christ than the blood of a bull or a blood of a goat? So this is the position of the head of household to stand daily and to offer up the blood of Jesus for his family, for, for the wife, for the children, for the grandchildren. Because when you do that, you open the door for heaven to come in, for heaven to come in. And still the responsibility of that is very hard. It's a very heavy responsibility. This is why the family has to pray for the husband, has to pray for the head of the household. The church has to pray for pastor. Uh, the leaders of the community have to pray for the mayors or the government, so forth and so on. You have to pray because the ministry of covering the, covering the flock or covering the family is heavy, even as Moses uh, in the book of Exodus, the 17th chapter, as Moses was there holding up his hands while the children of Israel were in battle or in conflict uh, there in the valley, they noticed when Moses had his hand up, they began, the people of Israel, uh, the children of Israel began to win the fight. But when Moses' hands got heavy and it began to hurt to hold his hands up, the people began to lose. So Aaron and Ur, they understood that. So they came up and they rolled a stone under Moses and one held held one hand up on one side and the other held his hand up on the other side and that's where they stood just like that the three of them on top of the mountain until the entire battle was won so I'll say to every wife to every child you have to hold up hold up the head of house hold up the husband hold up the father hold up whoever's in charge in that household hold them up hold them up so that they may stand in the position to offer the blood of Jesus for you for you for you and the protection of God for you and this will create a hedge of protection around you this will in effect cast the enemy down but it must be done now the opposite side, of, opposite side is this. You can just forget everything I said. You can forget everything, I, everything that we just said. And you can go home and not experience this and not do this. And you'll continue to have what you've been having. But I am of the opinion and of the mind that you want to progress in life. Somebody has got to get up and take this thing seriously. There are forces working against you that you cannot see. That you cannot see. And as we cast the enemy down, cast the accuser down, I'm telling you some things that you've been praying for will then begin to be released to you because it will have no interference in the heavenlies. Are you hearing today? So let's stand to our feet in Jesus name. We're going to stop there for today. Not out of message, but I'm out of time. 
Father, in Jesus' name, first of all, we're going to pray. We're going to pray for every, every head of household today, every head of household that wants prayer. We're going to pray for you and pray over you so that you may be able to stand. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed today's message right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Remember, if you would like to hear this message in its entirety, all you have to do is just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org and click on the media button and select today's message. And while you're on the website, don't forget to sign up for the Kingdom Inspirational Video Blog. We're going to send you short inspirational clips that will bless you on a weekly basis. So sign up today right there at kingdomrock.org. That's www.kingdomrock.org. And if you're in the Bremen area, come on and stop by and visit us in a live service. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. Remember, Sunday morning is at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night starts at 7 o'clock. We'll be so glad to see you. Well, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. See you soon.